welcome to the podcast series Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafta, and today I'll be chatting with Leanne Lancaster, Chief Growth Officer at Mama Money. Mama Money provides an easy, safe, and low-cost way for foreign nationals to send money home to support their families. Mama Money was built to help African and Asian expats who left their homes and communities in search of better opportunities. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Leanne. How's it going? Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Um, the last couple of weeks have been very interesting. We've had to deal with the challenges of COVID and the impact that that's had on our lives, both um, from a business and a personal perspective. It's been interesting for me having to navigate uh, working from home, still managing a um, remote team across the globe, plus uh, managing my family and and Mm -hmm. having to deal with homeschooling and supporting my child at university who's studying coding Um, and and, and really, you know, helping the family navigate the impact of COVID and how do we still remain on top of our game as a family and continue to grow during this time and not use this as um, as a pause, but more of a reset. How do we reset and do things differently? do things better. Um, I think that's been a very interesting challenge, being able to have these conversations both with my team, with the exec within our offices, and then with my family as well. And those same elements ring true across all different scenarios and different groups of people that I deal with on a daily basis. Definitely. Have you dealt with remote teams previously? Yes. So um, working for Mama Money, my sales team is situated all over the country and so I have been working with them remotely for a number of months. Um, and then also in previous roles where I was very often the only person in a particular region or I have set up new businesses um, within new countries, I've had to work remotely engaging with um, the head office team and engaging with the, the company that I've worked for. How was the transition then? Not too bad? It wasn't too difficult. Um, For me, the biggest transition was managing my family Mm -hmm. and creating that space to say, this is the time that I'm working. This is the time that I'm available to you as your mother. Um, But then also creating boundaries within the the workspace so that I'm not working uh, 14, 15 hour days and I'm actively switching off my laptop and then focusing on the family. Um, I always have a a habit of when we are with the family and my husband and children are fishing, I'm sitting on the side of the the sea busy working (laughs) on my laptop. So that's always been a challenge for me to separate the two. But because of the velocity of work um, during this COVID-19, it's been very difficult to make that separation. So I have to be really, really strict about separating and compartmentalizing um, home versus work. I completely relate to that. In the first stages, I was working crazy hours and I just would work until bedtime just because my laptop was there. Though I took Though I took my laptop home with me, um, usually it was just really hard to differentiate home time and work time. So I definitely relate to that. You mentioned that there has been a change in workload. Has there been more work to do? Have volumes increased? What's that looked like? So what I have found is that in general, productivity has increased. I am finding that the teams are able to focus better. The quality of thinking from the teams have been better. And in some divisions, we've found productivity has gone up substantially and has made wow. a significant impact 
on the business. Why do you think that is? You know, I think it's just because there are less distractions. So mm-hmm. people are really focused um, on the key important things. But also we have said what is important, what is urgent, and what needs to be done now. So the focus has changed for this period to let's look at the short term and the impacts on the short term. We're normally in an executive role. You're looking at the strategic impacts of a long-term vision. It's now changing the focus to short term. What is the crisis that we currently find ourselves in? And how do we navigate this now to still remain successful? I completely agree. You have such an interesting story. Can you go into your journey to entering the fintech space and eventually becoming Chief Growth Officer at Mama Money? Most certainly. Thank you. I'm so humbled that, you know, my journey may inspire others. So for me, I have been very fortunate to have spent most of my career working in various financial services industries specifically focusing on those individuals that have been financially excluded from the formal financial services sector. So I started off my career in the beginning working within the formal financial services industry with organizations like Discovery, FedShare, and Liberty Health, so some 25 years ago. Um, I'm now starting to reveal my my age. (laughs) Um, But all of these organizations at the time were delivering products to the market that were new and revolutionary. So whilst this was a formal financial services component of the industry that I was working in, this exposed me to working with organizations that were challenging the status quo, that were looking at new ways of doing something. Um, And I absolutely loved this. I love being part of organizations where we're working on something larger and making a difference in the world. Who knew that um, at the time, Discovery, who was a a new organization coming up with a new product, that today, 25 years later, this would be the standard of medical insurance. Massive. Definitely. During my time at Liberty Life, um, I had an incredible opportunity that arose. They needed an individual to establish the healthcare market in Cape Town. And so armed with a cell phone, a laptop, and a car, I headed to Cape Town with something new. There was absolutely no infrastructure there, and I literally had to build the business from the ground up. Wow. So having experienced rapid growth in the bank assurance arm of Standard Bank, Liberty formed a new product called Liberty Active, and this was a strategic focus um, specifically focusing on the underserved population. And it ranged from offering products of micro-insurance to low-advice investment products to families to give them financial security, savings, um, and wealth-building opportunities. For me, this was amazing because, you know, at that point, it was very difficult to access entry-level insurance products. My journey at Liberty was amazing. I originally started off as the, the first sales manager for one product, being a healthcare product in the Western Cape. And I was responsible for establishing the operations from scratch in this region. As a result, my team and I were constantly smashing our sales and revenue targets. And I was promoted um, from being the sales manager of one product to being a branch manager managing various products. So now moving from the healthcare industry to the full life cover spectrum. Um, And within three years, I was eventually promoted to provincial manager. Oh, wow. So this taught me like real grit and determination Mm -hmm. to successfully create something from the ground upwards. I was really, really passionate about joining organizations and teams where there was not much established and having to really build that from the beginning. 
So I moved over to an organization called TransUnion. What was interesting for me about this role is, again, um, it required a degree of independence, working apart from head office. I had very limited resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to support and sab- establish a solid sales distribution in this re- region. And, you know, the fact that there were limited resources for me was never a hindrance. In fact, for me, it was more of a catalyst for change. So I really enjoyed starting something again from scratch and building it up. But for me, something was missing. You know, I felt as though um, I got a taste of making a difference in the lives of um, communities at the bottom of the pyramid, but I wasn't getting that in in the stock standard corporate Mm -hmm. environment. So I moved to an organization called the Kuyasa Fund as their chief operations officer. The Kuyasa Fund is a non-profit social development organization that uses microfinance as a tool for improving the housing conditions of the South African poor community. So we all went through um, a process when South Africa changed in 1994 where where communities were affected and had been displaced by apartheid. So the Kuyasa Fund was there to support community groups to save towards housing and grant individuals loans that had been displaced by apartheid. The basis is that the poorest of the poor are creditworthy and that through mobilizing um, savings, they were able to build financial and social capital. So given the failure of the South African banking sector to extend suitable credit facilities to the low-income population, microfinance provided a valuable tool to enable the poor to improve their housing conditions. I love the impact of that. I absolutely love making a difference um, in the lives of those communities and helping them build a home that supported their family. I moved then onto an organization called the McKenzie Group. And the McKenzie Group was again focusing on credit for the low income um, and the bottom of the pyramid, offering credit for their homes. My focus, however, was specifically focused on risk strategy, regulatory compliance, um, insurance operations. And so it was great helping them set up that credit risk portfolio and their credit risk infrastructure. But again, there was still this something missing. I really Mm -hmm. wanted to make a fundamental difference in the lives of of communities that needed help and that needed financial services to make a change in their living condition. Where did that passion come from? I think it's come from the fact that I was born in Swaziland Mm -hmm. um, and I moved to South Africa and I always felt that Africa was born in me, not that I was born in Africa. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking for ways of making a difference. I also found out that I was adopted. And so through my adoption, realized that I was very fortunate that I had amazing parents who really made a difference in my life by adopting me. And where would I have been had they not adopted me? Got you. So I was then uh, an organization called Zona. I joined them originally as their operations manager. And Zona is an organization that holds a vision for a cashless Africa. So the company was looking at expanding into Mozambique. And having taken a quick crash course in Portuguese, I packed my bags and started walking the streets of Maputo, (laughs) navigating this highly complex and politically driven environment to sell the Zona value proposition. What I realized in my journey and my start at Zona was 
after a year of setting up the business and navigating the political infrastructure, I realized I wasn't the right person for the role, for the long-term sustainability of the organization. And I had to make a really brave and tough decision and go back to the executive team to say, for the business, I've set up the foundation, but in order to lead this organization in, in Mozambique, in the long run, we needed to find a managing director that represented the culture of that country and would mm-hmm. able and, and would lead the lead the organization to take Zona further. My history in my in my career had been startups to scale, even mm-hmm. though some of those startups were in corporate organizations. I was passionate about mobile money and I was passionate about how we could make a difference using mobile money um, in the lower income markets. And so I joined an organization called Mama Money initially starting off in a consulting role and migrated into the chief growth officer role. So who is Mama Money? Mama Money is the world's first social business money transfer operator. We provide a really cool, modern and safe, low-cost way for migrants to send money to their families. It's Mm -hmm. designed specifically for those community members that have left their countries. Very often they're fleeing famine, war poverty, instability within Mm. those countries, and coming into a country like South Africa um, to set up a better life for their families. So while at Mama Money we are a social business and our ethics form part of our core identity, our technology forms the basis of our operation. At Mama Money as a chief growth officer, I'm responsible for driving revenue by by providing strategic leadership and direction for the Mama Money sales, new business and distribution channels, providing input in terms of product and service expansion, working on marketing and brand positioning. I'm very fortunate in that I've got two additional hats that I wear. The other is the African Women in FinTech Payments, and this is a network for women in the cards, payments, banking, and fintech space. And our main objective is to bring women together through network, networking events and workshops to help grow the impact that women are making within the fintech spaces. And this is across Africa. Love it. The second hat I, I wore for about a two-year period was working for the 88 Business Collective. And the 88 Business Collective was on a mission to change the dismal state of affairs when it comes to tech female founders by ensuring that they're playing a critical role in plugging into this leaky tech pipeline specifically for black female founders. So over my two-year history at the 88 Business Collective, we were able to launch two accelerator programs that specifically supported um, black female founders from the townships to help grow their businesses. And this accelerated program um, really assisted these female founders to be accountable to a larger board, but also help scale their businesses. Leanne, you have such an interesting story and you are doing amazing things within this space. So thank you, firstly. I'm about to take it all the way back to the beginning before things you even mentioned and we chatted a couple weeks ago about how you fell pregnant at quite a young age and how many are told that this is the end they will never be able to go to university or finish university or have much of a career what would you say to those that feel the cards are not in their favor 
you're very right. So prior to starting my formal career, I felt pregnant and I was given a number of number of options to manage the reality of being a new mom. I was studying. So I made the decision um, that was the most challenging route to complete my degree while working and providing my son and raise him as a single mom. Um, I believe that this was my real first challenge in life that taught me the importance of resilience, agility, and looking for opportunities in challenging situations. So throughout my career, I've taken on challenges where the cards were either not stacked in my favor or at the time seemed extremely, extremely daunting. I cultivated a mental mindset of looking for the positive in each situation. What can I add or gain from the situation that allows me to to embrace and actively seek up projects or roles where things may not necessarily be black or white Mm -hmm. or may seem difficult or overwhelming? And so I learned to create amazing things out of very little by turning challenges into opportunities. And I think my advice for those who feel that the cards are not stacked in their favor is to seek opportunities in every challenge. Mm-hmm. Build your muscle of resilience. Perseverance and grit are key to helping manage the challenges. It's about having a growth mindset, an infinite mindset. And you may not have all the answers up front, but just get started. So act, do something, learn from that, mm-hmm. reiterate, learn again. And so constantly be on this journey of doing something, learning what, what went well, what didn't mm-hmm. go well, reiterating and then doing it again. And so that formula um, of, of taking challenges into opportunities completely changed how I frame difficult situations. And I think as women, we often have this, this mindset of having an imposter syndrome. But for yeah. me, I found that things that were difficult for other people were quite easy for me. And I often thought, you know, are people seeing that this is easy when their perception is that this is difficult? And I started having my own imposter syndrome thinking, saying, you know, am I really achieving um, everything that I'm getting these accolades for when actually it was quite easy? It wasn't difficult, but it all started with my own mindset and how I framed things. So inspiring. Your role in Mama Money is to help the business scale and you have built many, many products and departments from the ground up. What advice do you have for those that have no experience doing this just like you had in the beginning? So I think deep down, I've always had this entrepreneurial mindset, but I haven't had the resources to be an entrepreneur. So an entrepreneur has the ability to take a great idea and make something amazing. And so there are some key traits that I've looked at over the past um, that allowed me to have this entrepreneurial mindset whilst, quite frankly, not having the money to start my own business. Mm-hmm. So it started off by being curious, coming to every situation and saying, what can I learn from this situation? Then being disciplined. So knowing that there are some key disciplines in the way of work that irrespective of whether you're working for yourself as an entrepreneur or working for an organization that are key, um, also having the confidence and belief in myself, in my team, and those ideas that I was was helping scale. Mm -hmm. If I just look at curiosity, because for me, curiosity is a big thing. Curiosity is the desire to learn, to understand new things and understand how they work. It's an expression of um, 
of an urge to learn and acquire facts and knowledge. It widens your mind and opens you up to different options of different opinions, different lifestyles, and different topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that there are some key traits as well. Being disciplined, so focusing on making business work, eliminating hindrances and distractions from your goals, having an overarching strategy and outlining those tactics that you want to achieve um, to achieve the end goal. For me, successful entrepreneurs are very often disciplined enough to take steps every single day to achieving their goal. Mm-hmm. And whilst I wasn't the entrepreneur, I had the entrepreneurial mindset. From a confidence perspective, you know, I think an entrepreneur doesn't say whether he can or whether he can't succeed. They have confidence in their knowledge, knowing mm-hmm. that they can make this business succeed. And so I was confident in in knowing that I had the skill set and the mental agility to be able to succeed in new and challenging environments. You were part of a project in Mozambique that you you touched on in the beginning. I'm curious about learning how things work. Um, and what what is it what does it take to execute on a particular goal? How do we need to learn? How do we need to adapt? How do we then need to re-execute? So I'm able to 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 make that logical thinking in my own mind. Um, but then also being able to make the the hard decisions when there is a gap. Mm-hmm. So it's really about navigating what's relevant to that environment. And you may or may not be a culture fit in a new market. You may not be a culture fit in a new organization. But it's really about giving your very best to saying, you know, I'm passionate about making a difference mm-hmm. in this this environment and genuinely loving um, what I was doing. Um, I had a very strong work ethic. So I was able to to really, really dig deep and persevere through the challenges of not fitting into, into the, the culture. Um, I had strong people skills. So connecting with people, irrespective that you don't speak the language, is important. You can always connect with somebody new um, and then being determined to achieve um, what's important for the organization. So for me, yes, you definitely can um, make a success of a market where you don't necessarily speak the language and you don't relate to the culture. But then it's also about making some tough decisions. And as I alluded to, after a year in Mozambique, I had to make the, the tough decision to say I was great for setting up the business, but in terms of the long-term cultural impact on the organization, it would be better to have a local managing director in the business. Touching on that, you mentioned that what's what's right for the business may not be right for me. How does one come to this conclusion and what are the next steps from there? So, you know, in a leadership role, you very often know um, what the business goals are. And that should be your primary focus. What is it that the business wants to achieve? Not necessarily what I want to achieve. So often I challenge my own bias and I say, is the decision I'm making for my uh, based on my bias or does this decision ultimately impact the end goal of the organization? You have a passion for women in the fintech space. This industry is heavily dominated by men. How do women navigate the all-boys club? As women, I think we need to challenge these stereotypes. And you cannot control what other people think of you, but you can control your own excellence. And I think as women in technology, build up your own excellence. I'm used to being being outnumbered by men. So don't get me wrong. Um, 
competing in an all-boys club has required real grit and perseverance. But once I work to compete against my own male counterparts, the real test is not about gender. The real test is about skill. So by contrast, women working in the tech space, gender has not really been a real issue for me. And it hasn't been an issue for my male counterparts either. It's really about saying, what is the skill and the excellence that I'm bringing to the situation? There's also three key insights that I've learned along the way. Is This perceived boys club is very often perceived because it has this, it offers a valuable asset, an asset of solidarity. It's an old version of the high school clique. And like all cliques, the worth is entirely dependent on how they control access. Mm-hmm. So for women in um, professional development, it's how do you advance yourself? Look for people who can assist you. Look for mentors, support groups. Um, find ways of, of carving your own excellence and your own brand. And try and be excellent at everything that you do. Become a person of value. Let your voice be heard. Speak with confidence. Don't try and be a people pleaser. Um, know your stuff and then know it a little bit more. Um, learn how to handle conflict. Take on a leadership role, even if you may not necessarily be appointed to a leadership role. And then lead other women to do better themselves. As a woman, let's support more women. Let's seek mentors. Let's seek sponsors from the all-boys club. Be your own person. Come with your own vulnerability and bring your excellence. I hope my CEO, Darren Franks, is listening because, Darren, I'm coming. I'm asking for that promotion. So I'm doing it live. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Leanne, thank you so much. I appreciate all your advice. I feel pumped. Thanks for being on the show. I, I loved hearing all your thoughts. Where's the best place for people to get in touch with you? The best bet would to find me on LinkedIn. Um, I post a lot of content there, so feel free to follow me on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, That's probably the best forum. And then also join the African Woman in Fintech and Payments. You know, we have, you've mentioned Darren Franks. He has been our lone lone driver for the African Woman in Fintech and Payments. We need more men. We We need men to join the revolution. And we need more women to get out of the bias and own their excellence and really just step up because you have the skill. It's not about your gender. It's about what you bring to the table. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Talent in the Cloud. And if you're interested in exec talent or you yourself are looking for a new exciting change in your career, check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.